Hi guys, it's Jane and welcome back to another episode of Teenage GE. So in today's episode, I just wanted to talk about anxiety because, you know, mental health and just like mental illnesses have been like a huge topic since like 2016 and they just gained a lot of popularity and I just want to talk about anxiety because I have anxiety if you didn't know. Um... So I just wanted to talk about my experiences, what I've been through, you know, like the whole shebang. So yeah, if you are just interested in learning more about like teenage anxiety or my experiences of having like anxiety as a teen, of course things are going to be different for everybody, but you know, let's just roll the intro music. I just wanted to live the teenage dream. Hey guys, it's me again. I feel like I pop in in like each episode, like without a doubt, there's like one pop in in each episode. But I just wanted to say in this episode, I do say crazy, like, but I I don't want to clarify. I'm not talking about the mental illnesses. I'm just quoting what I've heard from people and what I've heard from my parents. Like a lot of times when I was struggling or a lot of times when my siblings were struggling with mental illnesses, my parents would say, well, you know, that's for crazy people. They're going to send you house to crazy people. Not that if you have a mental illness, you're crazy because you're not, obviously. And I, it just means you have something that you're struggling with. Yeah. Just for clarification. Long story short, it's 11.30 p.m. and I'm trying to avoid recording my podcast episodes. I'm trying to avoid recording my podcast episodes during the nighttime, but I got caught up watching the Olympics. Those people are great. And now I'm convinced I could be an Olympian. Like, I think I can really be out here doing Olympic. You tell me I can't, you're just a hater. And like, I can be an Olympian. Yeah, I'm motivating. I'm, you know, I'm putting it out there. I can be an Olympian, probably for boxing. Not that I've ever boxed or even got into like a fist fight with like anybody other than like my siblings, but I could be a boxer. So for this anxiety episode, we'll actually be coloring from a coloring book called Calm the Fuck Down um, on Amazon, an, irre- an irrelevant adult coloring book by Sa- Sasha O'Hara. And, you know, because it's one of those things you do to calm your anxiety. And I got some color pencils and markers in this pouch. So let's talk about, let's just give a little introduction to anxiety. Anxiety is a feeling of fear, dread, and uneasiness. It might cause you to sweat, feel restless and tense, and have a rapid heartbeat. It can be normal reaction to stress. For example, you might feel anxious when faced with a difficult problem at work before taking a test or before making an important decision. But the thing is, with anxiety, it becomes bad when it's super intense or excessive and persistent on a daily basis. You feel anxious, which is what, you know, I feel. So I would say recently, around 2016, is when the talks of mental health really became popular. Like they started gaining more attraction and I really started hearing when I really wasn't hearing that much about it. Like in my family, they like mental health wasn't something that was talked about like at all. So just seeing stuff on the internet was like my first kind of outlet to mental health. And I would watch YouTube videos 
and YouTubers would be like, yeah, I have anxiety and I struggle with anxiety and I didn't really know what it was. And I was like, why do so many YouTubers struggle with anxiety? And since I am Haitian and I just feel like a lot of ethnic families just don't really believe in um, mental health or it's just not really talked about or there's just a lot of stigma, which I do feel like we've done a good job breaking the stigma on social media, but there's still those ethnic families that the stigma is still there. So many times have I heard my parents tell me like, oh, you know, that's crazy people or like, you know, like people who have these mental disorders are going to go to a house of crazy people because that's exactly what is like taught and said in the culture. If you are anxious, you're depressed, you're going to go to a house with crazy people. And that's just like the type of outlook you have. And it's kind of really difficult when your parents are telling you that because you're like, well, I'm struggling with this thing and you're telling me like, oh, that's for crazy people. It's just hard to deal with. And it's a completely different thing because now how are you going to tell your parents like, oh yeah, I have anxiety. I have depression. I have this when their only viewpoint or the only viewpoint they show to you is that it's for crazy people or they just like aren't listening to, to you. And it just makes things a lot more difficult because sometimes you need the support from your family and you know your parents aren't probably going to give that to you because they don't see these things as real. And so th- to this day, I don't see, I kind of feel like I don't see my anxiety as real when it is. It's very real and it very much it, like affects me. But at the same time, sometimes I don't see it as a real thing that actually occurs When I started this podcast, like the first episode I ever recorded was called Teenage Anxiety. And at that time, I didn't have a therapist or any of that. So I was just like, yeah, I'm not diagnosed. I'm not diagnosed. But now that I am, I could talk all the shit I want because I can say I'm a diagnosed girl. And also, I don't want to tell people like not to just say, oh, I have a mental disorder, you know, like. I know sometimes like people on internet, just like different mental disorders can become like trends, not necessarily are like become popular and people just start saying they have it. But at the same time, therapy and just like seeking mental health is expensive. And the only way I was like even able to attend therapy was because of my healthcare covering it. And for a lot of people, that's not the choice they have. If for them, they're like, if I'm going to go to therapy, I'm going to have to pay out of pocket. Just finding a therapist that's affordable is good, is like difficult. I don't want to say like, don't self-diagnose, but self-diagnosing isn't 100% bad because therapy is expensive. Going to a psychologist is expensive and maybe that could be somebody's first steps you know, like some people, they really only have the internet. Some people are in a position where their parents literally, like I said, don't believe in mental health, like mental illnesses, and they only see it as something for crazy people. Now we go into our next topic, what anxiety feels like. The number of teens with anxiety and depression have largely increased 
like as of recently and there's like no really definitive answer on why but I also think it's like a big part of like less stigma around mental health like I've been saying like if you were in the 70s and the 80s and people were calling mental people with mental illnesses crazy wackos nut jobs all types of words and you were like thinking to yourself hey I'm struggling with things similar to the people they're calling crazy wacko nut jobs who are and who are being sent to these mental hospitals would you want to go and speak out about having anxiety about having depression no you would want to bury that deep you wouldn't want to tell it out I think the fact that a lot of people like a lot of our parents who were growing up around that time just you know, grew up in that space where people were, who did have mental problems, who were, I've, I believe that since our parents who grew up around that time where people with like mental illnesses were being called all those names is one of the reasons they, they just kind of don't really believe in like mental illnesses less stigma like makes people want to speak about like if I was honest I wouldn't want to speak about it like I didn't want I wouldn't want to be called crazy and even in my own household it was difficult to speak about it because that's what like I didn't feel like I could fully be supported sometimes because even when I was showing clear signs of anxiety like my parents they weren't listening because they were like, Jane, it's no, that's not like, and it was really difficult because I'm showing these signs and I clearly need the help, but it was just difficult to get the help in the first place when your parents aren't listening. And I would just have like sudden rushes of nervousness. And I would say it started in like freshman year. Actually, no, it started more so in eighth grade. And kind of like, you know, like really, really started freshman year. I remember going to my freshman orientation and, you know, I was going to a new school and it wasn't, well, yeah, I was going to high school and it wasn't like the high school that was near my like middle school, like the high school that most kids from your middle school end up going to. It was a different one. And I just walked in to that school and I was just like, so so anxious about everything like I was like I was so anxious um and I was at like the freshman meet and greet and I like I felt so terrified I couldn't even describe it like I was fully anxious I was clenching up I felt like my heart beating to present a project which are like normal things times you will experience anxiety like it continued freshman year happened sophomore year I like even in the classes I felt comfortable in I was still anxious and I was still overthink like I just felt really like scared that I would say the wrong things and my stomach would make a lot of like noises which is like an anxious thing my stomach does and I remember I would have like rapid heart rate and my mind was just like really active like when my mind was really active like I would start thinking of things and then I'll be like oh my gosh I can't say that even though I wasn't saying anything so I'll start like scribbling on my paper because I feel like 
really anxious that I had to scribble all over, like on my paper. I would usually do it on the side of my paper, then I would have to erase it. Cause like I was anxious and that was like a way of me taking out like my anxiety. Like that's why you see people who are anxious tap their leg. And sometimes I would be shaking or hyperventilating. And when you are a teen, you are really caught up in what others think and fitting in, which really doesn't help. Like that really doesn't help anxiety at all. Like if you are thinking about like as a teen, you're if you're thinking about like in general what others think at some point, like I feel like at some point most teens go to a phase where like they're thinking about what other people think. It just makes your anxiety worse. It's like times two now. Like there's the normal teen, oh, I'm what how do I you know? But then it's like on top of that, now you're anxious and you're shaking in the middle of math class. And the only time I would get like a break is not even when I left like school ended. Like I would have to be past a certain point past my school to feel like that anxiety finally lift off my shoulders. I would feel like anxious the whole day. I stopped feeling it a little more now as I started to, you know, to go to therapy and get help and stuff. And in school, I'm talking a lot about in school because like, that's usually where anxiety would strike me the most. Like, it still strikes me sometimes when I go to, like, the grocery store because, like, I feel like I'm being rushed and I have to, like, it's just so much going on for me that I just start feeling anxious. Something that made me really anxious is just being embarrassed or saying something embarrassing or doing something embarrassing. Like, I would think everything twice three times over again like why did I say it like that did I say that was that embarrassing did they interpret it that way and at the end of the day like your it's like really I don't want to say it's all in your head but it kind of is all in your head because you might be telling yourself did I interpret it that way like they probably moved on and aren't even thinking about it your anxious mind tricks you into thinking that things are a certain way when it's not like I would think that people had a certain outlook on me or that people were thinking this and this and that but I like they never showed any signs of that like they never showed any signs of that and I would always draw to the worst when it's not when that's not really what was happening like the worst wasn't happening but I would always bring my mind to the worst. Like if I was friends with somebody and they did the slightest thing, like I would wave to them and they wouldn't wave back or I would say something and they wouldn't like respond. I would obviously be like, they hate me. They hate me. They must hate me. Like, why didn't they respond to me? They must hate me. They are plotting against me. They don't like me. And they just, are plotting against me they're trying to get information on me you know get me to get real comfortable with them and then when they get comfortable when I get comfortable and I actually start being like you know more myself that's when they're gonna change on that's what they're gonna switch up on me now that I say it out loud I sound crazy as fuck sometimes you just have to say things out loud so you have to because when you say it out loud you realize how weird you sound sometimes if you wave somebody in the hallway and they don't wave back to you they sometimes they didn't see you or they were walking too fast and by the time they walk past you or something or if they don't respond sometimes they don't know what to say back or 
they didn't hear you. Most of the times, it's not as big as a deal as we make it out to be, which it's a lot. Like, just hearing me say this can be like, well, you know, like, I was the same way. Like, my anxiety was like, well, but it's, it's, it's really not. And sometimes it's not as big as a deal as we make it out to be and anxiety can make you feel like it really is a huge deal life ending like thing when in reality it's nothing and it's gonna be over we're done with it already five minutes nobody even remembers what happened anxiety will keep you up at night like it will make you not sleep sophomore year was really bad for my anxiety because well, every single year was really bad for my anxiety, but it was bad particularly because I would go home and I would just overanalyze every single conversation because I was forcing myself to be more social and I would go home. I would just overanalyze every single thing I said, everything I did, every single interaction with anyone. And it was horrible. Like I would lose sleep for that, lose sleep. I was losing sleep because I was analyzing a conversation that didn't need to be analyzed, you know, like, you're not like the police, you're not an investigator, you don't need to be out here analyzing a conversation, and how the tone of this conversation, like, you don't need to do that, I was literally analyzing everybody's movement, like, if somebody slightly, slightly showed disinterest, like slightly show disinterest, I would just shut the fuck up. I would just shut off. I would just try to end the conversation as soon as possible. Like even if they showed the slightest bit of this disinterest and it wasn't even like somebody saying, yeah, that's crazy, which to me, yeah, that's crazy. You mean like, okay, the conversation is done. You know, like, let me stop talking. Like it would just be somebody like looking away or just like slightly, like it would be the slightest little things that I'll be like, yep, they're uninterested. Let me shut the fuck up. <laughs> Let me no more talking. No more talking. One of the other things was just like my social skills. Having a conversation with people was really like it was a really big battle for me. And one of the things that helped me build social skills is actually Omegle. I I can't even like I would go on Omegle and not saying this is I would recommend this. Like I would just go on the chat feature. And then I would just text people and just like practice that. And I really just had to force myself to go out there and talk to people. And it really is difficult. Like, I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, talking to people is so easy. You could just just go do it. Just go do it because it's not easy, especially when you're when you have anxiety. Like people just. Like people with anxiety it's sometimes so misunderstood. People are just like, just go ahead and just go. And like, babe, if I could go, I would. You're telling me just go. It's like a whole thing for me, you know? It's not just just go. It's like a whole lot more work. It takes a whole lot more effort for me. Like, when other people, they will take like, okay, they built a little bit of confidence. Let me go talk to that person. Me, I have to build up like, god level confidence for me to go talk to somebody and it's not just easy for me all the time another thing that i kind of like touched on that i forgot to mention i was worried about people like how people viewed me 
which I talked about, but I always set up these walls on how I wanted to be perceived. And this is where my kind of like fake personality, not like completely fake personality, because it was me, but it wasn't fully me. It was me like in the most, in the way that I knew people would be, like people would like me. You know, I wanted to be like, I just didn't want people to view me in a certain way. So I tried to present myself in the way like, in a like in a way that people would find most enjoyable but at the end of the day it wasn't me and it was one of the things that my anxiety made me do and I was just afraid to go to school and the local mall because a lot of my anxiety came from school and the local mall like that's where everybody in the surrounding area goes and I would hate going to that mall because I'm like, if I go to this mall, I have a high possibility of seeing people from my school. So I just hate going there. And when I was when I was there, I would just have so much anxiety. It was not fun. It was not a fun time. Another thing I was really scared of was failure. I was afraid of failure and I was just so afraid of being wrong, which was like really highlighted this year because I took an AP class this year, as we know, and as and if you didn't know I would skip that class on the daily also test scores came back AP scores and EOC scores which if you don't live in Florida EOC is like end of course scores that you need to graduate so like it's for your one like your required classes so I got a five on the EOC and I got a one on the AP exam you know I might have skipped a class skipped the class all school year but at least I got a five on one of the exams. I was just afraid of failure and I was just so afraid of being wrong. And that class was just a new experience to me. Like I've never taken an AP before and I was in that class and I had the belief that every single person in that class had taken an AP before and was smart and knew what they were doing. And I didn't want to feel stupid. And that teacher was like known for calling people out like calling on people and I just didn't go because I didn't want to face I didn't want to deal with anxiety where if I was at school I would have to deal with anxiety skip that class all the time I didn't want to deal with anxiety I didn't want I just skipped it I was so afraid of failure I was so afraid of saying the wrong yeah so the only I wouldn't push myself in that class and the only times I would go was when there was tests that's when I would go to class because I just couldn't, like, I couldn't be wrong. And I'm working on that now, like, you know, being okay with being like, I don't know and I need help. If I don't say I don't know, then who's going to help me? Bad about saying I'm wrong or I don't know. Like, I was afraid of talking to people because of the outcome. One of the reasons, like, I just avoided conversation with people and really kept kept myself was I was just afraid of, like, even having basic conversation. Like, I, it took me a lot to get to where I am now. I would go to school. I would see somebody with cool shoes. And I remember I told my friend about this. I saw this girl. She had really cool shoes. And I was like, wow, I really like those shoes. I kind of want to get them. I should, and I didn't go up to her and ask her, where did you get your shoes? I didn't, and then I lost my opportunity. I was over, I like overthought it so much. To people who don't have anxiety, it's like, what are you even talking about? Like you could have just went up. But to me, I couldn't, like I literally couldn't. And sometimes anxiety is really debilitating. Like you can't even do 
basic things like that how what's the possibility of somebody being like rude to you like that's what was going through my mind and overthinking fuels anxiety and if like they go hand in hand those things overthinking and anxiety are like besties you know you could be anxious and then you overthink and then you're anxious time 10 like it's so much worse anxiety like made me feel really weird about is smelling bad and I know you know you probably think about it sometimes but I think about it a lot like I would be like I was so afraid of smelling bad I had perfume in my book bag like every single day I would reapply in the middle of the day like after or no like usually after lunch I would feel sweaty and I feel gross and I'm like wow I really stink but then I would go home and then I would smell fine I was just really afraid of smelling bad and another reason why I have a huge gum addiction I'm actually chewing gum right now is because one time in seventh grade this boy I had a crush on was like your breath stinks so yeah now I'm like really anxious like I get really worried like if I'm not chewing gum, then my breath stinks. And I can't let that happen. Like, no. It happened once and it was a one and done thing. There's always one time during the school year where I either leave gum at home on accident or I or I run out in the middle of the day. And then I'm like, dang. And then I'm just asking everybody for gum and nobody has gum. Because I'm usually the supplier. Which the thing is about being the supplier, nobody thinks to give to the supplier you know nobody thinks to do that so the next segment we're gonna go into is anxiety attacks um i've had two in my whole life and they were the worst experience in my life the first one was in october and i was shaking i was cold i was writing in my diary because that's like something i was supposed to do like something you're supposed to do to keep calm i was just shaking and i was watching the paris hilton documentary and i was in the middle of a friend breakup i talked about this before i didn't do my schoolwork. i started shaking my stomach was hurting i just felt stuck in my life and like things weren't gonna get better and if you do feel stuck in your life i know sometimes like you might not want to believe that things will get better or it might not like anxiety can make you think like things are going to get better and that it's going to be like this forever or you might not make it over whatever you're going through but you are even if you don't know how you will figure it you'll figure it out stuck and i know this sounds irrational i know that sounds like irrational but when you have anxiety your brain is like really irrational even when later you step away and you are like hey i could have dealt with that differently but at the moment you weren't really thinking about that like your brain is like on a constant loop of that same thing over and over and over again anxiety attack number two was significantly worse because it was rooted in trauma so it was like march 14th it was like the anniversary of school shutting down i was just anxious all day the pandemic had started a year ago on that day i made i tried the whipped coffee which just made things worse because like whipped coffee makes you like really really awake so i make it at 7 p.m because i've because i've drink drink coffee at like later times and nothing like coffee never really had an effect on me 
and I don't remember 100% what happened, but I couldn't sleep. I felt like I was going to die or have like a heart attack. Like I couldn't, like I couldn't calm myself down. I tried the breathing exercises. I tried everything and I ended up waking, going to the hospital and then I had to take medicine. That's when I finally fell asleep. And even after that, like after, you know, having an anxiety attack and going to the hospital and the doctor's literally saying, hey, you're having an anxiety attack. My parents still like didn't believe that I was having an anxiety attack. They just thought it was caused by me drinking coffee, which, yeah, I do think coffee probably made it worse. But I don't like it was just difficult time for me. And and then having your parents be like, yeah, yeah, it's because you drink coffee. Like, no. I was having an anxiety attack and it was really difficult thing for me to deal with. And I feel like parents, like if you're planning to have kids or if you are currently a parent who's listening to this, I would recommend like you learn about mental illnesses because they definitely exist. And if anybody told you they didn't, they do. And really bad when your kid doesn't feel heard and listened to from their parents when they're telling them about something that truly affected them and you're just like dismissing everything they say it can be really difficult as a teen because you want your parents to listen to what you want to say and here's the last segment of things that helped with my anxiety um the first one is therapy obviously but therapy I'm just gonna tell you this like therapists they give you tips like they give you advice they do certain things like that but if you aren't willing to actually do it because I think like when I walked into therapy I thought it was gonna be like okay this person is gonna solve all my problems but you have to be able to put the work in like they can only do so much like you know you could lead a horse to water you can't make it drink you like they're gonna walk you to that water they're gonna tell you how to drink the water but if you don't want to and if you aren't making an effort to sip that water then you're gonna stay dehydrated i would also recommend just like calling your health insurance and seeing if they like provide therapies um therapy or like a couple therapy sessions or you have to pay a copay just like check in Because you may never know, like, your healthcare covers therapy. Who knows? You might just, you might just one day check and then be like, wow, I can get therapy and I can get the help that I needed. Um, Exercise also helps. Like, I'm, I really like doing jump rope and I also like take, like, getting my steps in. So just, like, find out what exercise works for you. I like steps because I can work those into my daily life. Affirmations help. Like, I try to do them in the morning in my mirror. Like, if you do makeup, do it when you do makeup. If you brush, like, if you brush, I was going to say, if you brush your teeth, you brush your teeth. Um, Do it while you're brushing your teeth. Like, just say it to yourself while you're looking at yourself in the mirror. Just have a self, another thing is have a self-care routine, like, day. Um, If you are feeling, like, burnt out or tired, I would not recommend try to make yourself work. I would recommend resting and just taking time for self-care. Like self-care, it doesn't have to be a spa. It doesn't have to be a bath, which I have a podcast episode called Self-Care. It's more than face masks. But like you could just take a nap. You could just do some stretches. You could just read a book. And I would recommend like 
whatever you do for self-care, try to keep it away from, like, don't try to make it, like, completely screens. Like, you could watch a movie or a Netflix show, but also try to take time away from screens as well. The next thing is meditation. Uh, Meditation helps. Like, it just helps you slow down and you're just really in the moment, which a lot of times you're not. Meditation because you're just going to be in the moment and you're going to be focusing on that moment and on the thing. There's like a lot of great meditation apps and free meditation on YouTube. Honestly, I wouldn't recommend paying for it because if it has it for free, get it for free. It is like reassuring yourself, like telling yourself like, hey, it's all in my head. Like this isn't real. Like you're just overthinking it and not like in a way like you're just overthinking it but like you know this is just your mind and your anxiety telling you this and your anxiety is lying to you like you have a great support system you have good friends unless your friends aren't good which you should really invest in getting new ones just try to reassure yourself like say sometimes if you say it out loud it helps make it seem like okay now I know like I said it out loud it doesn't seem as scary as it was before eating well can also help but I don't eat that well well I try you know just trying taking some alone time to yourself because you might always be surrounded by people and alone time is good and just scheduling out time so you could do nothing because sleeping journaling journaling really helped because it's like you it's a way for you to express your thoughts so your mind's not running like a mile per minute like if you write it down it's already written on paper there it is you know reading like you it reading helps you step away from reality and into a different world which is good sometimes Coloring, which I've been doing this whole podcast episode, and doing some breathing techniques can also help. So yeah, that is what helps with my anxiety. And honestly, this is just like I said, this is what helps for me. And who knows if it can help. Hopefully it helps for you. I don't know. I'm just... Like I said, a 17-year-old, I'm not a therapist, I'm not a psychologist. Maybe you do need something more than that. And, you know. Okay, so I'm just going to give you all the links to everything. So this is the end of the podcast. I'm Jane, of course. Um, Follow me on Instagram at Jane Belazier. That's J-N-E-B-L-I-Z-I-R-E. Follow this account on Instagram, which is Teenage Dream underscore. This account on TikTok, which is Teenage Dream 11. There's probably an underscore in there. I'm de- I told myself last time I'm going to change it, but then I didn't change it. So we're going to definitely change it now. And you could also send in some voice memos. Yeah. And also subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's linked. It's Jane Sada. It's linked in my, um, it's linked in my Instagram link tree. Yeah. Thank you for listening.